It's the 2022 World Cup. It's Canada's players. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin. And I'm Connor. And today we will be looking at Canada's squad for the 2022 World Cup. Short version, please. Well, we're going to go back to our uh, the the um, notes from the beginning of the thing, the takeaways from the previous podcast, and um, uh, we'll start by talking what we said about various formations. Uh, any further comments on that? Now that we've been through the players, no, I, I think um, you know Canada's been been quite attacking and gone after teams we saw in World Cup qualifying. Perhaps in the World Cup, we may see them use more of that three central defenders, you know, just given the level of competition they'll be playing against, um, potentially taking a bit more of a, a safe school, um, formation. But, you know, I don't really know. Herdman has been aggressive in the past and may not do that. But, um, yeah, they, they really flip. And I think the key thing is the versatility, but also the flexibility. And I think he'll he'll adapt what he thinks the team needs, um, you know, for those opponents in the World Cup. Would you like to see them continue to be attacking, or do you think that would be a dangerous uh, thing to do here? I think that plays to their strengths, but I think they um, it would be a bit naive to not respect, you know, a team like Belgium or Croatia, some of the, or Morocco even, some of the talents they have. I mean, those teams are, um, you know, at least in the same level of Mexico, USA. Um, they've had some success being attacking with them, but. Um, I, I think they'll also need to be a bit more pragmatic um, yeah. and make sure they're not giving up room because these teams can can really hurt you. Yeah, uh, yeah. My final comment on the various formations is, you know, you you said you had difficulty picking out a pattern uh, in the lineups that that Herdman has put out, but I think that's exactly the point that uh, he's making it difficult to uh, for other teams to predict what he's going to do. And I think that's why the pattern has been so kind of uh, consistently inconsistent, uh, maybe two games uh, in a row at the most with the same formation. But I really think he's doing it to uh, to make it difficult for the opponents to know what's going to happen and that that will be one of their uh, strategies and strengths in the cut is mm-hmm. that they're a bit mercurial. And that actually leads to the second point, especially the midfield. Oops especially the midfield. Um, it's a fluid midfield. It's a stable group of players. But you never know who's going to line up where. Will Jonathan David be on the left, on the right? Will he be a forward? Uh, and I think I think they'll do that on purpose. Yeah, and they've adapted well to injuries and suspensions with not only Davies missing, but also Jonathan David and Kyle Lahren at the, you know, at the Gold Cups. So... Um, even though they're more attacking players. So I think they um, they kind of aren't, aren't really phased. They've got good players and they've got a bit of depth now that they can they can be adapt, they can be fluid, they can change formations in-game. And I think it's a real strength, as you mentioned. Yeah. Well, the other thing we said uh, was a, a new crop and new height. I suppose that's not as true anymore since, uh, you know, 2017, 2019 and 2021 Gold Cups now. Uh, this squad has been together for the most part for, for three cups 
and um, uh, how do you feel about the uh, 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 about this the the new crop? I think it's exciting. It really came all out of nowhere and all at once. When you take the long view of Canada's um, history and especially qualification for World Cups, go from not even making the hex to winning the octagon. Um, it's just been a meteoric rise. And I think we've got a lot of players um, in there coming into their prime or even perhaps not yet hitting their prime because it's such a young group. So, um, yeah, I think this first World Cup will give them tons of experience. Not probably too much is expected of them, but I think it's a core players that um, will be around into future Cups as well. Yeah, I mean, even though uh, probably for us Canadian fans now since 2017, it's not as uh, not as uh, new as, as it was when it started. Uh, but I think it will be new to the world, uh, and I think uh, they may take other teams by surprise, particularly being a much more attacking team than probably will be expected. Yeah, and that's a good point. And they still have a lot of players playing in North America, and you know a lot of Europeans don't probably pay too much attention to Major League Soccer, but it's, it's, it's a good league, and we have good players playing there. Yeah. Well, our last point was uh, comments on the old guard. So um, I should actually uh, kind of take Hoylet uh, um, uh, out of that discussion and replace him with uh, Osario, who I should have mentioned at the beginning. But Osario, Daniel Henry, uh, Borhan, Hutchinson, of course. Uh, some of the old guard has survived. Uh, and then we talked about Scott Arfield, who we thought should survive but didn't. Uh, what do you make of the old guard, Connor? I think for such a young team to have that sort of experience um, is a real benefit. I think it adds a really nice balance to the team. You got, you know, even if you include Hoylet and, and Borian and Hutchinson, these are players that have played in top leagues in Europe that have won leagues, played in the Champions League. Um, having that sort of experience is really invaluable uh, for the younger players. So um, I think it's great. You wouldn't want a club that's too, too new. Um, you'd want some players that anchor them, and I think Canada have that. Yeah, and I, I like to use uh, Piet as a as a kind of a representative player of uh, what Canada used to be. You know, very hardworking player, uh, kind of admirable and fun to watch, but not really illustrious, not a top tier player. Now he's a solid bench backup. Uh, think of players like that, I guess, as as Canada before two thousand and seventeen. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, and there, there's a lot of names that were kind of good enough, you know, at that time, but, you know, wouldn't wouldn't be good enough to be on this current team. Piet is kind of a hangover, even though he's taking a kind of a more backseat role, which is just kind of shows a difference in class, really, from that 2017 onwards. Right. Okay, well, uh, we're going to take a look at uh, club affiliations as we've gone through the uh, players uh, one by one, we've seen that uh, a lot of them are now playing for pretty respectable clubs in Europe. Do you want to summarize uh, their affiliations, Connor? Yeah, I think looking at the team, about half play in North America, a lot playing in Canada, actually, with Montreal, Toronto, or Vancouver, our three MLS teams. Um, others play in the States, and about half play in Europe. Um, not always are the European clubs giant clubs. Um, or, or in top leagues, but there are some that stand out, um, you know, notably Bayern Munich. Um, but there's also some other, we mentioned Champions League clubs before, Besiktas, Club Bruges, um, 
you know, Basel have been there. Um, Red Star, Belgrade. So some good clubs, but um, kind of increasingly respectable and, and getting some good experience. Porto would be yeah. a big club as well. So there are some that definitely stand out, um, yeah, among all the clubs. Well, that's, uh, that's um, uh, you know, certainly better than 2000 and, and again, 2015. I'm looking at Scott Kennedy here playing for uh, Jan Regensburg in Germany, uh, you know, a club I, I really have really not heard of. And who is the one uh, playing for Danes in Belgium, a club that neither of us had heard of. Uh, th that was kind of the way it was uh, in the past. If they were in Europe, they were with uh, a second or third division team uh, with, with an unfamiliar club, not with teams like Porto and Bayern Munich. Uh, so this, yeah. is, this is really refreshing. Great. Well, we've done some uh, uh, some uh, data crunching of our own. So uh, what I did here was uh, I basically chose the players that we've listed as definite, likely, or um, definite, likely, or possible, and uh, done a few stats on their average age and their average caps and how many goals they score. So this is a pretty rough uh, a pretty rough estimate. But the interesting part is when we compare it. Uh, to other teams. So uh, we're going to just do a couple of stats here. And uh, the first one is um, the total number of players that we've dealt with in this podcast uh, has been uh, 43. So that includes the uh, likely and seem to be off the team uh, uh, and stuff like that. And by comparison, uh, we've said that Ghana and USA have gone through a lot of players to uh to try to finalize their squad uh, ghana is at 61 and usa is at 69 uh 43 for canada is about 10 below average uh, what do you make of that canada the total can uh, sorry connor the total candidates that uh canada's dealing with what do you think it means i i think it shows you know first and foremost a settled squad um but also perhaps that canada doesn't have the the largest number of players to choose from. Um, I think the U.S., of course, a country with 10 times our population, kind of is the opposite end. They have a very unsettled squad, perhaps because they have so many possible players that they could choose from. Um, and I think Canada, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about their starting lineup. The starting lineup seems quite settled, but even the players who are on the sub sub bench seem quite settled. So, um, yeah, that that's kind of my thoughts on that on that yeah. lower number. I like it. I like what you said. Uh, another stat I've kind of looked at is the total players uh, that we have defined as definite or likely. So these would be like players uh, going to the cup, probably starters for the most part. Uh, again, 20, 22 doesn't mean that much. Sorry, it's 24. Uh, it doesn't mean that much in itself. No, it is 22. Uh, it doesn't mean that much in itself. Uh, but it is a bit higher, actually, than other teams. The average is about 21.5. And uh, at the extremes, we have Senegal with just 17 and uh, America with, um, uh, I think, about 26 there. No, America's actually less, 22. What do you make of it? Um, again, I, I think in, in general, it, it shows a pretty settled squad. I mean, that's half of the players we, we talked about. 
Um, and it also probably, again, shows a slightly smaller pool that Canada's picking from. So I think it just kind of emphasizes it. I think it's probably not as clear a stat or distinguishing feature as a total players called up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say with Senegal, it's a strength because they, you know, I, I they have a very stable squad. They use the same players all the time and they play together well. That's why they won the African Cup. Uh, with teams like um, USA, I don't think it means that. I think it means they haven't decided yet and they're still experimenting with a lot of players. So it's harder to define which players are going to be uh, are going to be the starters and which players are going to be on the squad. I, I think with Canada, I mean, I think clubs can take 28 players. With 22 in the definite or likely, I think it shows that there's not so much room for surprises. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. And then the other one we have, which actually... Uh, it doesn't mean much, is the total number of players uh, under consideration. So for Canada, it's 32. And these would be players in the definite, likely, and possible categories. And uh, we won't try to interpret that uh, so much as to say that that's what we're basing the next stats on. So the next stats are the uh, average age, 26.9, Connor. Uh, I was really taken by surprise by this because I considered Canada a younger team, and yet the average range is about 25 to 27. This puts Canada as uh, as one of the oldest of the 10 teams that I've done this stat for. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I think the star players, David, Davies, Buchanan, they're all 23 and younger, but um, you also have some players probably at the far extreme, including Hutchinson, who must be one of the oldest outfield players in consideration at 39. Borian, um, you know, it's been around a while. So um, I think some of the top talents that you associate with Canada um, are in that younger generation, but it, it talks about what, what I mentioned earlier. They do have kind of a good core of veterans anchoring the team as well. Yeah, yeah, well put. Yeah, I got to say, I, I ran the stat without Atiba Hutchinson and it came down by 0.5 or a half a year. So, uh, but as you say, a lot of those older players, uh, Victoria, Borian, uh, and then some of the players who are on the edge of the squad, Lutweiler, Wotherspoon, uh, Junior Hoylet, we saw more as a sub. All of those guys are over 30. Uh, mm. At the other, other end of the scale, we don't have as many young players as a lot of other teams do. Uh, we have a 20-year-old and a 21-year-old. Uh, but other than that, all of the players are uh, uh, 22 years or older. Most of them are around 25, uh, 25 years old. Yeah, not so many new players breaking into the team or perhaps less experimentation with some very young players. Um, so perhaps it goes back to that more settled settled squad. Canada's kind of, um, not unlike some other teams, they kind of know who their starting lineup is and that's who they're going to go with. Yeah, you said uh, during the podcast that it was a young squad and I share that impression with you. I think the starting lineup probably is younger than, than this average that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Average number of caps among the players. We won't dwell on this too much, but uh, the average among other teams is um, uh, 24 and Canada is 26. So kind of in the mid range there. Uh, the only thing I would add to that is, is what we noticed through the thing that a lot of their players started in 2017. Yeah. 
or or even after uh, total goals this is a very interesting one the average is uh, one the average is 93 uh, among the among the uh, definite likely and possible candidates Canada is 122 what do you think Connor that's nothing you'd ever associate with Canada in the past um, I mean admittedly Canada um, did fill their boots against some of the, the lesser teams in the early you know qualification rounds and and they do come up against weak opposition you know more frequently than than teams from some other confederations um but it's a nice thing to be on on kind of the above average side for sure it really is and i i wonder if it'll take uh if it'll take the world cup by surprise i really hope they go uh with an attacking uh frame of mind even if it does cost them a little bit just because it would be fun all right, well, um, yeah, that translates to 3.8 goals uh, per player. And uh, again, that's a little high. I think the average is around uh, uh, 2.8 to 3. So uh, Canada, a scoring team. But as Connor says, that's partly because they played uh, some weak Caribbean, weaker Caribbean teams, uh, which was for the better because it did uh, kind of teach them to score. Let's go through a couple of the issues here. So uh, in defense, I've identified one of the issues as, uh, do we go with a three or four man back line? Yeah, I, I, um, I know it may not be Canada style, but I would argue for the more pragmatic three uh, in the World Cup. Uh, okay, so you're saying uh, be a bit more careful in defense there. Yeah, and go with the three center backs. Yeah, they will be playing probably uh, uh, you know better teams than than they face in Concacaf, so that might be uh, wise advice. But I'm sure that um, uh, uh, that uh, Herdman's strategy is to uh, make it difficult to predict what Canada's going to do. Uh, another issue in defence uh, is uh, no nonsense, Johnson. And uh, Larry on the right side, perhaps no nonsense. Um, uh, Kay in the midfield, and no nonsense. Liam Miller at the back. You, you said all of them are a bit, um, uh, a bit tough. Yeah, and in fact, when Canada beat the United States um, in World Cup qualifying, the U.S. complained about Canada's rough tactics. You might remember. Oh, right. <laughs> um, but it's a strength. Um, you know, I think. Before, it might have kind of showed a lack of skill in Canada teams of the past. Um, but um, now I, I think it's combined with skill as well. And it's it's good to have tough players, especially in the back line. Great. Well, in the midfield, you called him an anchor during the... Um, uh, you called him an anchor during the podcast. And uh, and we're, we're happy to have him. It is uh, Eustachio. Yeah, the more and more I, I watch him, the more I see his value. Um, he's just so good at starting plays. He often hangs back deep, collects the ball, and starts attack with a great range of passing. And I think he he kind of controls the pace of the game for Canada. Um, I think he's a key, key player for them in the middle of the park. Right. And in the attack, of course, we have a few individuals to, uh, to name, to watch out for. Uh, but in general, more attacking than expected. Who, who are those individuals? Uh, we should be looking to get Canada's goals. Um, I mean, I think up front you have David, uh, Jonathan David and Kyle Laren. They're both great finishers. But then you have, um, especially on the wings, Buchanan and Davies, just unbelievable pace and trickery. Um, they can score as well. So it's a really good combo. You've got 
get the ball to the wingers and you've got guys that can finish in the middle. So a um, bit of pace, um, you know, helps. Um, so, yeah, I think we've got, you know, four genuine top players um, just with the names I mentioned there. Yeah, I'm glad you used the word pace because I think that's going to be very important for Canada. Uh, their speed uh, is great. Uh, once again, I'm going to say if you want to see it in action, uh, Google the uh, Davies Panama goal, uh, the Davies goal against Panama during qualifying. I need say no more. <laughs> All right, let's uh, look at some of the new players for Canada. Actually, we don't have many and that actually came up in our discussion a little bit so not experimenting with a whole lot of players uh we have uh scott kennedy um yeah uh, again we talked about them in the podcast so we won't go uh, into detail here uh scott kennedy in central defense though um who we considered a definite candidate uh ishmael kone who we considered a possible candidate just uh, coming into the team, it might be too soon for him. And we have E.K. Uh, uh, Ukbo, uh, who we consider a likely candidate. So uh, that's it for new candidates. But honestly, Connor, that's far more than most teams. Yeah. Uh, sorry, far less than most teams. Yeah, I think it's a, a difficult team for, for youngsters to break into at the moment, which is, um, you know, perhaps a strength. But these are kind of three players. Um, not that Kennedy's necessarily a youngster or uh, Ukbo uh, either. Yeah, um, it means more new to the squad. Uh, yeah. Than young. Yeah, but um, yeah, they've kind of been able to contribute a little bit from the bench, a little bit from the starting lineup. But um, yeah, it is always good. Of course, any team does need new players, kind of coming in and pushing the the players who are already there. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, I wouldn't mind having a few more uh, on the menu. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually add a couple in September. As far as injury goes, we just have uh, David Wotherspoon um, as an injury concern. I think we did mention uh, one other player, but it wasn't really a concern. Do you remember who that was? Um, I, I don't recall, but I don't think it was, uh, it was just a short-term thing. Yeah, it wasn't a big thing. Uh, Wotherspoon, though, uh, Connor and I were trying to figure out whether this is going to last into the Cup. Uh, I didn't actually record what the problem was, but he was out for the last eight games. So it does seem to be a kind of a long-term thing. However, he's not one of Canada's major players. We had him as a possible candidate. So I'm sure uh, John Hurdwin would like to have him there, but it's not like, um, you know when we were missing Alphonse Davies during uh, qualifying. So hopefully uh, no new uh, no new injuries before the Cup. Uh, and finally, notable absences. None, really. Um, we said Scott Arfield, who we talked about during the tournament. Uh, oh, sorry, during the, uh, the uh, extended podcast. But... Um, uh, but he's been off the team for a while, so so he, he seems we were kind of expecting him to come back, but he seems well off the team now. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, one thing left to do, uh, Connor, and that is um, the uh, starters and the substitutes. So we're going to go through the uh, list again. We'll just probably look at the definite and likely candidate, although for those uh, following on YouTube, you'll be able to see the names of the uh, possible or unlikely or seem to be off the squad. 
uh, Connor. Um, how about John Herdman? Is he going to be there? Absolutely, John Herdman will be there. He is a definite uh, and a starter, a starting coach. Uh, for the goalkeepers, we have Milan Borjan, Maxine Crepeau as definite, and that means definite to uh, be on the squad for the cup. And we have Dane St. Clair as a likely. Uh, who do you see as a starter there? It was Borjan through qualifying, and I think we'll see Borjan um, starting very positive of that. I think he's actually the captain of the team as well. Right, and Maxime Crepo is the, the second string keeper. And during the uh, during the full length podcast, we said there is a chance of Le- uh, Jason Litweiler uh, coming in as the third string keeper, and also a chance that they'll bring four keepers too. But uh, Dane St. Clair seems to be the third string. Um, uh, central defenders, are they going to bring all of these guys, Connor? We have Stephen Vittoria, Donnell Henry, Kamal Miller, and Scott Kennedy as definite, and we have Derek Cornelius as possible. I think they'll all come. Um, we've talked about whether they'll play three, two or three central um, defenders, but I'm going to go with two for now. And the ones I say as most likely starters are Stephen Vittoria, and then actually um, Kamal Miller, um, who started more games than Daniel Henry recently. Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, Stephen Victoria and Kamal Miller and uh, Danal Henry and Scott Kennedy and Derek Cornelius, I think, will all be there uh, as substitutes because they usually bring five or six. However, you know, uh, Alistair Johnson uh, does come into central defence uh, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, left backs, we have just Sam Adekugbe as the definite with Raheem Edwards and Christian Gutierrez as possible. And I'm sure San Adekube, who's being consistent in that position, will continue. Right, and if he isn't, it'll actually be uh, um, the more versatile Laria, uh, who uh, recently hasn't been a left-back, but he was before Adekube. So yeah. I think he will be the backup. I'm not confident enough to say Edwards or Gutierrez will make the squad. Yeah. Okay, right backs. Uh, we have Alistair Johnson and Richie Laria as definite. Again, Richie Laria, not always a right back, but kind of roves around the field. Yeah, and I do agree with that order. I think Alistair Johnson will be the starter. He's been uh, almost ever present since he's um, come into the squad. All right, do you see Richie? I think Lahi is the name he wants us to use, but everyone seems to say Laria anyway. Uh, do you think he'll be a starter maybe somewhere else on the field? Um, I think he's more likely to come up if injuries or suspensions are an issue. Um, I think, um, yeah, I think he'll be a sub, but a versatile one to have. Yeah, I personally think he'll get a couple of starts, but yeah, here I would label him more as a sub than as a starter. Well, we're on the same page here. Uh, defensive midfielders, we have Steven Estacchio and Samuel Piet as definite, and Liam Fraser and Atiba Hutchinson as likely. Um, out of those, I see uh, Stephen Eustachio as a definite starter, um, and I don't see the others as starters, but perhaps coming in as subs. Yeah, I think uh, Atiba Hutchinson will be there. If it's 28 men, uh, Liam Fraser, I think Herdman likes Samuel Piet uh, as a backup. Um uh, what do you think, Liam Fraser? Do you think he'll uh, uh, make the squad? I do think he'll make the squad, ultimately. Should I put him as a sub or just leave it blank? Um, he probably won't be the first off the subs bench. 
yeah, I, I'll leave it blank. But we have him as likely anyway. Central midfielders, we have Mark Anthony Kay as likely and Ishmael Kone as possible. And I think Mark Anthony Kay will probably be a starter um, alongside Steven Eustachio. Yeah, I think it'll be either Kay or Hutchinson beside uh, Eustachio. And given Hutchinson's age, I would uh, go with you on Kay being yeah. a more likely starter. Kone, I'm not really sure he's going to make it uh, to the squad. So I'm not going to highlight him. Any uh, argument there? No, none for me. Okay, uh, for left wingers... Uh, well, we have an uh, injured right midfielder, David Wotherspoon. Uh, if he wasn't injured, uh, what chances do you give him? Um, probably making the squad and, and possibly getting an appearance as a sub, but probably not much more than that. Yeah, I think I won't highlight him just because uh, his injury is a concern as well. Uh, Alphonse Davies, do you think this guy has a chance of making the squad? I think he has more than a chance. I think he'll be uh, on the field. He's been, as we mentioned, a bit inconsistent in terms of getting on the field for Canada, but um, all Canadian fans will be hoping that he'll be fit and ready to go. Oh, and he will be too. He's a, he's a very uh, 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 enthusiastic about Canada. Uh, for right-wingers, that was uh, uh, Alfonso Davies coded as a left-winger, although he's really all over the field. For right-wingers, we have Tejon Buchanan, uh, as the only definite candidate, or likely or possible, uh, yeah. do you see him as a starter? Yeah, I do. I think I would include Buchanan in Canada's best first 11. Yeah, me too. Uh, for general or versatile midfielders, we have Junior Hoylet for definite and Liam Miller as likely. I agree with both of those, and, and I definitely see Hoylet getting on the field more likely as a sub, but possibly a starter if, if they're looking for just a bit more experience um, in the starting yeah. lineup. I think so too. I'm going to put him as a sub, uh, but I, I think he will start a, a couple of games. Uh, Liam Miller, I'm not as confident to put him as a sub. I think he'll make it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, attacking midfielders. Uh, do you think Jonathan Osorio will be a starter? I think recently we've seen him a little bit more off the bench, so I think that's a role that he'll continue to play. Um, he may start one game. I wouldn't be surprised, but I think... Um, off the bench I is more likely. There. Uh, okay, forwards, we have uh, Jonathan David and Kyle Lahren as definite. Uh, E.K. Ugbo is likely. And uh, Lucas Cavallini and uh, uh, Charles Andreas Brim as possible. And I meant to ask you during the podcast uh, whether you agreed with Lucas Cavallini as a possible or whether you think it's more likely. I think he's... Um... Yeah, I know you mentioned that he was with the Vancouver Whitecaps too. I think that's a blip. I think it's quite likely he'll be there. Um, I would probably be confident enough to move him into the likely category. I kind of um, agree possibly... with you if you say uh, it's a blip. I kind of took it as it might be a decline in form, and he is a bit up and down. But I agree with you. I think he's likely to make it. And yeah, in terms of starters, I would look at both David and Laren. Um, not, not a lot of teams go with two strikers. Um, but Canada does um, on occasion. So one of them may come out if they're look if um, Herdman wants to put an extra body in midfield or an extra body in defense even. Um, but they're both good enough to be starters, and I'm sure they will both start at some point during the tournament. I agree. And Canada is fluid, uh, fluid enough. They sometimes use three forwards, but they're fluid enough that these players can move to an attacking midfielder or secondary striker role, something like that. Yeah. So I, I, I agree that they'll both be uh, on the field. Uh, Ukbo or Cavallini? 
Um, again, coming off the bench, and I, um, yeah, I might even see Cavallini as possibly more likely than Ugbo, but um, they're different types of players, so they offer something different. I was just thinking that. I'd put Cavallini more likely uh, as a substitute. Ugbo is kind of just coming into the team. Maybe we'll see in September if we change our mind and, and have him as uh, more likely. All right, well, that is it, Connor. Uh, so that brings us to the end of this podcast. Uh, keep in mind, we'll be doing an update as new information comes out. So that'll probably be in early November uh, when the team rosters will be published. They usually publish a preliminary roster. Uh, we'll do the podcast once the final roster is done. And we'll also do a podcast uh, updating the team as well. Yeah. Meanwhile, keep an eye uh, on us at Soccer Files Canada. That's Soccer Files with a PH in the middle and an S at the end. Uh, and our website, soccerfiles.captivate.fm. And be sure to check the show notes for links to our website and previous podcast series. Yeah, a lot of information there in the show notes. Well, thanks for doing this, Connor. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll see you next time.